Hello, my name is Marta and you're listening to 15 Days in a Podcast. Today is day 11th since Spain went on national lockdown and I've been indoors, you know, not hanging out with anybody besides my dad and my brother for two weeks now. Today is also a pretty special day. I wanted to make an episode with my best friend, uh, who you will listen to in a second, about love in its many forms, our experiences surrounding love, our experiences with friendships, especially women friendships, um, and especially about love during this time of a lockdown and all the reflecting it's enabling us to do and how to keep that or if to keep it in the future. Today is also a very special day for me, as I was saying, because my grandma Carolina passed away. So, of course, she passed away the day I'm recording an episode about love. Who but her lived a life so full of love, gave it all to her nine kids, including my mom, and I'll always be grateful for the lessons that she taught me. Um, today, I hope that you are healthy. I hope you're safe. I hope you hug those near you a little tighter just today. And yeah, I hope you're staying at home. Enjoy. Hello, this is an excerpt from the poem What Does Love Look Like? by Rupi Carr, which she published in her book The Sun and Her Flowers. And it says like this. Maybe we're looking at it wrong. We think it's something to search for out there. Something meant to crash into us on our way out of an elevator. Or slip into our chair at a cafe somewhere. Appear at the end of an aisle at the bookstore, looking the right amount of sexy and intellectual. But I think love starts here. Everything else is just desire and projection of all our wants, needs, and fantasies but those externalities could never work out if we didn't turn inward and learn how to love ourselves in order to love other people. Love does not look like a person. Love is our actions. Love is giving all we can, even if it's the bigger slice of cake. Love is understanding. We have the power to hurt one another, but we are going to do everything in our power to make sure we don't. Love is figuring out all the kind sweetness we deserve and when someone shows up saying they will provide it as you do, but their actions seem to break you rather than build you, love is knowing who to choose. Thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Maddie. I'm one of Marta's good friends, um, and I'm happy to be here on the podcast today. Um, so this is something Maddie and I have been talking about for a while, and it's something that's always part of our conversations uh we wanted to I wanted to invite her to do an episode with me and when I told her that it would be about love she said oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> of course I will do it um so thank you so much for being here with me today uh spoiler alert yes today's episode is about love but it's not the cliche episode about love that you may expect uh, we're going to talk about love and all of its kinds of shapes and forms and how it pertains to our own friendship. So, Maddie, do you want to tell a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Maddie. I am uh, currently living in the great state of Connecticut where Martin and I went to school. Um, and I'm working as an admissions counselor um, and 
Yeah, that's a little bit about me. Marta and I um, originally met not at school, actually, um, not on our school's campus. We met while we were studying away um, in Paris together, which was pretty serendipitous, I think, um, and yeah. not the typical uh, like story of friendship um, that happens usually. Yeah, and I wonder if it, I mean, I know it probably happens to other people as well. I think I can think of a couple of people from other school, mm -hmm. from our school that had a similar friendship story. But I love how, you know, everybody tells you, oh, you're going to Paris. Are you going to find love there? For me, the, the way the sentence was, was a little different. It was like, are you like, are you going to Paris? Are you going to find a good best friend there? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and indeed, I came back from a, with a best friend from Paris. Yeah. And, and not only one, I then went back again, as you know, last year and found another few very good friends of mine. And, you know, it's just a very special place to find friends. So yeah, the city of friendship, we call it. Exactly. We love that. Um, and I love the word <laughs> and this is, you know, I'm going on a tangent here, but I love the word in French for friendship, which is amitié. Mm. It's mm -hmm. so beautiful to mm -hmm. me. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> this is yeah, me going yeah. on a tangent. Um, so I think Maddie did a very good job at, at explaining, you know, the context of who we are and why we connected and why we're talking about love today. And of course, I think everybody can talk or anyone can talk about love, really. Uh, but the reason why mm -hmm. I chose to speak about it with you, Maddie, is because, as you know, love played a huge role in our friendship. And I mean it in many capacities, because obviously there is the friendly kind of love, but which also played a huge part. But the love I'm referring to in particular is romantic love. And that's because the way that Maddie and I started our friendship uh, was sort of empowering each other to discover new ways of self-love and love romantically mm -hmm. for others and with others. Um, and we started having very interesting conversations when we met about what love looked like at that point in our lives to us. Um, and we had very different understandings and concepts surrounding love. I don't know if you want to touch about anything I just said, Maddie. Yeah, I think that we talked a lot about the um, intensity of a first love oh, yeah. and how that can really um, form and shape you to who you are during the moment, but also after it ends um, and how you can come out of it um, having a deeper connection and self-love with who you are as an individual. And I think particularly I reflect on this and I tell Marta quite often um, is Marta taught me through our friendship um, the power of self-advocacy um, in a lot of different ways in, you know, in a relationship, a romantic relationship, but also just in, in life and kind of knowing what you deserve and what you need from people um, and not lowering your standards um, because I know for me I'm, I'm a huge empathetic, empathetic person um, and so I needed to rein that in and I felt, felt like Marta provided a really helpful example and words of wisdom um, to kind of set me on that on that path. I think sometimes when you're struggling during your first love so just some context so Maddie when we met was going through her first love episode and I was sort of out of it. I, For you to understand, I went into Paris, um, like, so excited to just be by myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be single yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and to enjoy Paris while being single. And that was all I did when I was studying abroad there. Uh, but Maddie was a very different point where 
I saw myself reflected in her. And I, not only did I see myself, but I saw so many people, pretty much anyone I know that has yeah, had a first love. Um, we all share similar, similar attitudes, similar behaviors when we are in a first love sort of relationship. Um, and I think I don't, and I know Maddie, you say this to me constantly that I like talked a lot about self-advocacy and help you sort of realize that, but I don't know how much I helped you or I brought that to you. I think it's something that's always in you and that you only realize once that first love is over. Right. I don't know. And also, you know, sometimes, sometimes I feel like friends can exactly. not provide you those words of wisdom or um, be an example. I mean, that happens too. But I think the beauty of friendship is sometimes they can really just provide a mirror. Exactly. And, and it's you looking at yourself the whole time and reflecting yeah. and they're providing that space for you. Yeah. Sometimes you just hear, you just need to hear from someone that there is another way of looking at things for you to start looking at those things the other way, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other perspective has always been there, but you just need somebody to invite you and to inspire you to look at it a different way. And that applies to love, but it also applies to like so many other things in life. Um, and I think perspective is something huge and perspective in love is something huge because as in any relationship, so my personally speaking, my first relationship was the most intense out of all the relationships I've had. And I remember that intensity in mm-hmm. a good way, but I, because it's over and all my other relationships haven't been so intense and I think of them as in a, in a healthier way, I think that they, they are healthier, the more I've progressed in life. I look at my first relationship in a way that's like, oh yeah, that was so intense. Like, I don't know that I want to go back to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And each relationship teaches you Um, something different about yourself for me I felt like my first relationship um, taught me a lot about self-love and also taught me a lot about trust and um, investment in other people yeah for sure yeah I think also like the more you progress and and you go on in life and you have other partners and you fall again in love but in different ways because every time you fall in love is different although many feelings Mm -hmm. are similar the whole experience is different the more you progress and the more you evolve if you like the more perspective you're adding onto your life just because you're having more experiences so that's so that's why it's so important to date in our 20s and our teens (laughs) as well I think everybody should be dating just not thinking and this is something that I struggled with is that when I started dating when I was younger I thought about it as oh this is going to be the relationship that I end up with like this is going to be it if it's not it I don't want to be in it but the more you date and the more you meet people of of any kind in any capacity whether it's a relationship or a friendship the more information you're putting into your system into about what you want and what you don't want in a relationship of any kind and I think that's yeah, super about exposure yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're talking about friendship and and love. And one thing that I did want to talk about is sorority in in times of heartbreak. And we have already talked about it a little bit, right? Like the influence of people around you and the people that care for you and your friends when you are going through a hard time or just when you're in a relationship that you think is healthy and perhaps is not so healthy or just whenever you're in a relationship, um, the role that your friends play into it, I think is crucial. And also the ways in which your friendship changes if at all while you're in a relationship and I think you know the 
older I get, the less I want my friendships with other people to change just because I'm in a relationship, if that makes sense. Um, but I think the word sorority has turned into one of my favorite words because for me, it doesn't stand for the frat sorority sort of scene <laughs> in, in American college or in university campuses. It stands for the value and the support that my girlfriends add to my life. And I think we've done a pretty good job, Maddie, at staying in touch with that part of ourselves and at keeping each other accountable. Oh, absolutely. I think um, true sisterhood is, of course, supporting your girls in their successes and the beautiful things that they're accomplishing, but also having the vulnerability and um, confidence to be able to call them out on what they're doing. Right. And if you see them in pain, but they're not um, acknowledging it, yeah. or if you see them doing something that isn't healthy and having uh, the confidence and courage to be able to, to call them out on their shit. <laughs> yeah. And you literally need to trust someone so much for you to actually do that. And like, not only trust them, like, so say that I call you out on something that you are doing. You have to trust me a lot for you to take it in a, in a good way. But I also have to know you at such a deep level to then bring up the topic to you. <laughs> like, I, right. especially if you don't like confrontation. Ooh, and uh, you love confrontation, Marta. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you see, I don't know that I love <laughs> confrontation. I just think it's part of life. You think it's necessary. Yeah, you, uh, you know what I'm You don't seek about? it out, but it's something that is a part of of you you know yeah and talking about women and women helping us through relationships and such I know from you and and from what you tell me that your mom has played lately in the past months a huge role in your life she's always played a very important role in your life but she's been there for you in a way that you know I don't think my mom and I are close in that way we don't talk about relationships I think my mom talks to me more about her relationships than I talk to her about my relationships like I think I'm a very private person when it comes to my family Mm -hmm. how how do you like deal with that well I think that I've are my mom my relationship with my mom has always felt like a friendship um she had she says something uh which is funny when anyone because I have a older sister as well um, she says to anyone who asks about us, she goes, oh, Emma looks like me. Maddie is me. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so I think we've always just had this really easygoing friendship of of her feeling like one of one of the women in my sorority, essentially. Right. Um, and so I, I feel comfortable going to her um, without really anything. Um, and it's grown over the past years. And I think now that I am more self-aware and now that she's also opened up a little bit more to me, um, for instance, like when you're a child, you know, you still see your parent as this parent figure. Right. And, you know, you, you they can tend to maybe not tell you the full story as a way of protecting you. Right. Um, but as I, as I've gotten older and progressed my relationship with my mom, I feel like we've kind of landed at this equal uh footing where we we can see each other as great friends and I feel comfortable um telling her those things yeah I think you know I think my mom my mother would kill me if she were to listen to this podcast luckily even if she does (laughs) listen to it she would not understand it because this woman only speaks Spanish Um, 
but and I trust my mom absolutely. Like if I have any tra- any problem, every any serious problem, she would be one of the people that I tell. Although I'm also a very private person about that, so I don't know. But about love and and personal projects and stuff. I don't necessarily think that I is the same case for me as it is with you and your mom. Like it seems like a very and like I've seen it in action, obviously, and I mm-hmm. love the relationship that the two of you have and how easygoing it is because you feel so comfortable around her. Like for me, I think maybe it's because I passed or I spent an important part of my life outside that I haven't had those day to day. Uh, moments with my parents face to face where maybe those were the years between 16 and 23 when we would have gotten closer at that level had I stayed at home instead of being abroad but you know for me like they're still very much my parents and I think for them I'm very much still the 15 year old that left Spain um, because my mom still keeps things from us like um yeah, whenever any relative is sick or anything, like she won't even say it to us. I have to learn it from my dad um, because she wants to protect us in that way. Yeah. Which also context for everybody listening and like learning so much about me through this podcast, which is sort of crazy. And, and I don't know, it's cursed me at times to think that so many, like so many people are listening and they can learn so much about me. But I think also because my mom is so overprotective with me, my reaction was at 15 to be like, all right, bye. Like, see, yeah, I want to do my thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, well, just wanted to bring that part about your mom because I know you guys have a very special relationship. Yes. And side note to all the podcasters, um, Marta loves my mom. And sometimes I feel like yes. they're better They're better <laughs> friends than, like, my mom and my and me. So, no. That's shout out, have, shout like, out to Julie. Know, shout out, Julie. And if she's listening to this podcast, honestly, like, she's a reference. Like, I... I really, really hope I turn into Julie later in life. Like, that's my entire hope. What, where do you want to see yourself? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Well, <laughs> oh my God. I'd love to be Julie. <laughs> and I'd love to have her clothes. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. All right. So there was another part that we wanted to talk about uh, today was love as it pertains to the current time that we're living. And we know this is... Still, I wake up every day and I'm like, are we really going through this still? Like, I'm sort mm-hmm. of over it. We are still in a global pandemic. We're still on lockdown. Um, what do you have to say about love during a time during the time of a pandemic? And I know there is so much to talk about, but do you have any mm-hmm. part or any subject or theme you'd like to start with? Yeah, um, I've been thinking about this because um, people express love in different ways, you know, like that cliche test, the five love languages, I think is a pretty valid test in seeing how you like to express your love, but also how you like to receive love. And I think Mm -hmm. that if you are someone who is really dependent on physical touch or acts of service um, or things that require you and your person to be in close proximity to one another, then this time of social distancing and being distant from people is going to really test that. Um, But I see it as an opportunity um, to really kind of re-envision, reimagine and shift your needs and your perspective of love. And, you know, it's an opportunity to find new ways of expression. Um, So those are my, those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think something that's been on my mind as well for the past few days is, all right, say the lockdown is over and say suddenly one day we can all go to the street and live our normal lives again. 
which I don't think it will all happen in one day. I don't think it will be like, no. oh, on Friday will be over and Saturday everyone go and live your normal lives. Like, I don't think that's how it's going to look like. But even if that were the case, would people just go out on the streets and live life the same way? Because I think this has changed things for me. Yeah, I don't know, I mean, and like, not only about love, but like everything I do. Yeah, I think it really is going to be an adjustment. I mean, for me... I'm an extrovert and I really, really thrive off the energy of other people. And I think it make, it helps me kind of push forward. Um, but this time is hel- is helping me to just kind of sit by myself and, and reflect and enjoy maybe a meal alone or read a book um, or take a walk by myself and lis- not even listen to music, you know, just sit with my thoughts or right. wa- walk with my right. thoughts. And so I think it's gonna, now that, this has become the the normal and the standard as of now, I think that when we go back to quote unquote normal life, people are going to, people could potentially carry in the new foundings they've mustered up uh, during this time into their routines. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there is so much to learn. And I wrote down a quote that I wanted to share with everybody at the end, but I think this is a great moment to share it. And it's so yesterday I shared a video with Maddie by one of my favorite persons on YouTube, Instagram, pretty much anywhere. I feel like I know him already. And I've been talking about him for weeks just because his life story, I think, is very similar and parallel to mine uh, in many ways, which is not easy for me to find. Um, so his name is Nathaniel Drew. And he one of the videos that I've seen recently is called Why You Never Have Enough Time. Um, And he talks about productivity and what if everybody just like waited and stopped whatever they were doing for 10 minutes and looked around them and sort of took it in. And he has this theory towards the end of the video on YouTube where he talks about a theory that I've called uh, doing everything 10 seconds slower. He says, so how can we implement in our day-to-day lives an approach that will lead to us thinking and reflecting more carefully and paying more attention to our surroundings, and at the end, ultimately, being more present. And he says, well, there's no easy way to do this. Like, I'm not going to change suddenly and take two hours to do something that I usually take 20 minutes to do, just because that's not how life works. But what I'm going to try and do is do everything 10 seconds slower, and thus be more present in the process. And I think that's something, that's a piece of advice, that's a thing everybody can do that's easy to implement, and that's actually... I I will try to do it moving forward after the pandemic is over or at least the lockdown is over. Um, because sometimes I find myself like, you know, Maddie, Maddie, you and I love being busy. Mm-hmm. We love doing things all the time. And when we're not doing something, we try and put something in our schedule. We try to talk to someone. We try to give each other a call. We're always onto something. And that's great. But is it sustainable? And is it healthy? And don't we miss out on a lot of things just because we keep on doing things constantly? Um, so maybe that's something that we can incorporate into our lives is doing everything 10 seconds slower from now on. Yeah, I think that's a cool one. Yeah, so we were talking about love in this time of the lockdown. And I was thinking, you know, Maddie, you and I both have been in long distance relationships. People, Some people really have not. <laughs> and first of all, it strikes me because I think a huge part of my relationships has been the fact that some of them have been long distance, right? Um, 
for people that haven't been in a long distance relationship, do you think this will be a taste a test for them? Will this be something that they will look back to and uh, say that it will that it changed the way they they dealt they they were with each other they existed they were in love with each other what do you think this will this will do to that I think it's going to be dependent upon each person and like I said like the way they like to be loved and express their love um is different for each relationship um but I imagine that it's going to put a lot of aspects of their relationship to the test because it it may be out of the ordinary out of their um, expectation of what to expect from the person that they love so dearly um for me I think <laughs> I mean if I'm gonna give a piece of advice uh like <laughs> com communication I think is gonna be extremely important um because you're no longer relying on that face-to-face um, and physical touch aspect to to your relationship yeah you know what I'm thinking about now and I really don't I can't believe I'm about to say this word but I wish we had a fuckboy to interview <laughs> and ask them how they are doing at this time of quarantine um, are they changing their communication styles how has this impacted their lives if anybody's listening and feels like saying something please share your thoughts with me I mean that's why all these boys are like my thoughts are with you. Right, they're also like just going into your, you know, they're going into people's DMs. That's their form of fuckboy communication. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. No, they're in my thoughts for sure um, in these past few days. Um, and I, you know, we've also talked about this, but, and, and we've said that this is a time of reflection. Is, am I the only one that's reflecting right before going to bed and with eyes wide open? Also, because I just, I don't, I don't spend, I don't waste or spend any energy during my day. So, well, I'm working, but I feel like I don't feel like I'm exercising a lot or I'm physically exhausted. So when the time to go to sleep comes, I'm usually just staring at my ceiling, eyes wide open, which usually doesn't happen to me because God knows I love sleep. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, is everybody reflecting during these days? Do you think people, because I think very usually if you're super busy with your day-to-day -day lives, you don't stop and reflect on anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can just hide that. And I'm guilty. I've done that so many times. But this is a time that forces you to reflect. Um, do, how do you think people are reacting to that? How do you think people are dealing with that? I mean, it can also, it can scare them, right? Be like, oh my God, all now I have to sit with all these thoughts that were, you know, being pushed down because I right. was being productive. I was doing this. I was accomplishing X, Y, Z. Um, and so now it's this time, like, again, to slow down, do everything 10, 10 seconds slower, and just to sit with them. And don't judge them, right? But just, like, acknowledge that they're there. And I think um, some tools from your past episode, because I'm a dedicated podcast listener, on <laughs> mindfulness will be helpful for people to kind of work through um, – those thoughts for me personally I mean I've always That's been great. a reflective person as Marta knows um, <laughs> I like to talk <laughs> about what's going on in my head and so I think it's just a bit more heightened for me um, and so I'm finding ways to to deal with that and to you know find other capacities to use as outlets um, yeah yeah I agree I think okay 
again, I'm referring to another episode or another YouTube episode by Nathaniel. I'm sorry. I hope he's not listening to this because he's going to be like, what is this girl doing? But basically, he also made a video about introverts, right? And well, he made two. But um, the latest one he made, he was talking about, to him, an introvert was a person, or like the way he experienced having that sort of outlook in life, which also he doesn't really like the term introvert to begin with. And like that can mean so many things to different people. But to him, what it means is that he would much rather be with small groups of people um, having intense conversations of that sort, like reflective conversations. And I was listening to this, and I'm like, I think I'm an extrovert, but those are very much my preferred conversations. And I know for you, yeah, it's the case too. Yeah, cool. Like, does anybody really lo- like superficial elevator talk? I-, I I don't think anyone. I don't. I don't like it. That's all I can say. I think it's yeah. Well, anyway, we love these conversations, <laughs> um, and this is just us talking out loud for everybody who may want to listen. Um, but to finish the podcast, unless you have anything else to say, and I know you already gave a piece of advice to couples out there saying communication is key during a pandemic, um, which, you know, I don't know if we're going to live through another pandemic, but I'm not trying to see it if it <laughs> happens. I'm, I'm good with this one for the life. I think one pandemic a lifetime is fair. Um, what piece of advice would you give anybody out there about love, friendship, anything you'd like, sorority, yeah. sisterhood, anything? Um continue I think during these times of like isolation you can you can reflect and keep your reflections like these newfound things that are suddenly coming to fruition you can keep them all huddled inside yourself or write them down but I encourage people to see the value in communicating those to the people who are on your mind and the people who you care about because you don't know what you're good friend in California who's in shelter and home is feeling at this very moment and a nice message saying I'm thinking of you or even writing snail mail you know me I love my snail mail yes she loves like a it. quick I mean sanitize <laughs> sanitize everything before you drop it in the mail but you know just a quick message just to share the share the love and the joy that you're feeling um, I think can go a long way um, so that would be my piece of advice yes, for sure and Maddie and I are both believers in the power of kindness. So anything really that you think other people will appreciate, just go mm-hmm. ahead and do it. Um, cannot agree with, with you anymore, Maddie Dickey. Okay, would you like to read the last poem that you said you'd like I would to love to. Um, so this poem is by Young Pueblo, and it's from his book Inward. And a good friend of mine um, shared this with me. It goes... If you want to know how free you are, ask yourself, how far does my love extend? Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was fun, Martha. I love this. We should do this more often and then just record it because then it turns into an episode. It's it's really just you and me talking about life and then making it an episode. I sort of love it. It's an archive of our friendship. It's beautiful. All right, we will show this to our kids. Again, I'm showing my kids this entire podcast once <laughs> it is over. It will be like their summer homework in like 2040. Oh I imagine that too clearly. <laughs> Literally, though. No. Um, anyway, thank you so much for being with thank us Thank you for today. having me. Um, to everybody else listening, please do come back for another episode of 15 Days and a Podcast. Bye. Bye.